1: That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
0: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, Episode 2, Season 97. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by uh, the sidekick of sidekicks. psychic sidekick Josh Landy, in his So house style office,
2: Hi Josh, Boyd. It's great to be here. You were struggling with Zoom as uh, <laughs> our guest, Dean, and I sat here waiting for you.
0: Apologies, this new technology
2: that everyone's Apologies. using.
0: Apologies, I, I had to update the software, I had to update the app, and I, to, I mean it's very boring. But yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not that I'm aware of Zoom and its work. Put it that way. Um, yes. yes, as you mentioned, we, we've got stalwart guest Dean, aka AF Camden or AFC Amden,
1: whichever way you want to look at it. Hi Dean. Hi Boyd. Hi Josh. AFC Camden, if you were to ask me. Um, yeah. But, but there's you know, only
0: one C, as I always say. In your, in your. <laughs> there is only one C. You've been away. Are you, you. I saw some glamorous um photographs of you, or well, you took some glamorous photographs. Anyway, they're beautiful. Where were you?
1: So I've been away in America for a few weeks. So Yosemite. Yes. Yosemite. So um, Vegas. I actually caught a game of football out in LA. I went to the rose bowl uh, and i saw juventus versus real madrid which was pretty cool and then yeah finished off in yosemite where i actually was for the game and i was off the grid for the palace game so i had to count the result afterwards so yeah pleasantly surprised and very happy man
0: good good and josh
2: has been in the wilds of the cotswolds josh
0: hanging out no doubt with david cameron
2: and um people like that yeah I, i won't name drop uh david but uh yeah it's nice of you to mention it No, of course i don't i wasn't with i'm trying i thought yeah sort about one person i knew uh i think let's talk about first of all let me just say we're recording
0: this on wednesday the um 10th of august which is i mean it feels like about three weeks ago that austin played Christopher, the first game of the season so apologies to all our avid listeners for us taking so long to record this effing podcast um uh, you can either see it as the last podcast to talk about the Palace game, the first game of the season, or the first to touch upon the enormously exciting news, Dean, that I'm about to throw at you, that no less than Arsenal legend, and that, that word is overused, but in this case it's true, Arsenal legend Tony Adams is taking part in this year's Strictly Come Dancing. How do you feel?
1: I have to say I'm not... Um, an avid watcher of strictly come dancing, but I may give it a watch this time around when Mr. Arsenal himself is taking part. So, yeah, hope he's got some some pretty good dancing feet and, and does us proud.
0: Yeah. Josh, I mean, I, I got a lot of people tweeted me, um, including Kelly Cates, when I tweeted earlier the announcement um, uh, a few minutes after, after it was announced around lunchtime today, um, with footage of him. footage of A, the full Monty doing the Tony Adams arm up, Routine. Other people tweeted the um, him famously dropping a player in the cup final, dropping what's his name in the uh, league cup final. Steve Morrow. Steve have Morrow. Put some respect Steve on the Morrow. name. Sorry, is Steve one of your uh, bare face talent
2: uh, talent? Sorry, no, he's he's not. Uh, admittedly, but I have met him and a lovely man. No, he deserves yet. more respect than it's, he dropped yeah. that guy in a cup final yeah. for Arsenal. It's,
0: it's my, it's my, um, you know, it's my um, dementia rather than any, rather than um, having any uh, any, any diss on him, um, and other people sent lots of footage of of Tony doing his funny little dancing that he did in training one time. So, but how do you feel as as a, as a man who straddles the worlds of football, ex footballers, showbiz, broadcasting?
2: What's you feeling about Tony Big Tone doing the uh, stripping? I think it's terrific, and it is a massive undertaking. You know, yeah. I, I don't think people quite quite realize the amount of uh, training and, and commitment and total number of, of days that go into it um, is huge. And I'm sure, as with all former sportsmen and former footballers, you know, very competitive people. You know, if they, if they go into it, I don't think this is you know, and certainly knowing Tony a, li- a little bit as I do. You know, he certainly wouldn't be doing this for the financial reasons. I think he'd like the idea of the competitive element and a challenge for him. He is just a wonderful man. I think people don't probably appreciate enough what Sporting Chance has done for so many people since or Tony left his career, perhaps because we don't see him every week on much of a day or or every week on Sky Sports. Of course, he, he does join uh, every now and then and is great, but perhaps just slightly sort of out of sight for certainly some of our, our younger supporters at Arsenal. And I think it's um, so brilliant I like to have a former Arsenal and England captain as part of the show. And I'm probably, to be honest, like, Dean, I don't watch it... Um, I've very pretty catch one episode of a, a series, but of course I'll be back in big tone. I'm so excited that he's, mm. uh, he's part of it. Yeah. I mean, we're, boy, we're, you, you watch all this anyway, as part of your role well, but you, with renewed enthusiasm enough, now. Funnily enough, I actually don't watch
0: strictly that much because there's certain shows like strictly love Island is another, maybe, maybe Tony or one of his offspring will be a love Island as well. in years to come. That's one of the things that happens on that show. Footballers, footballers offspring tends to go on love Island. Um, no, I don't watch Strictly Avidly, I have to admit. I mean, I watch it every now and then, the same same as, as you were saying. Um, but I will certainly be watching Avidly now. And he is, of course, very good friends with our our hero, Ben Winston. And I wonder whether Ben will be like flying back from L.A. to be in the audience for for some of uh, Tony's shows. Because they're, they're
2: very good friends, aren't they? They are incredibly good friends. When I went to a recording of the late, late Show when they were in London a few weeks back, I know we couldn't quite go on the yeah. same night. Yeah. When I was there, Tony was there with yeah. with all the family. They'd all come to to see. They're incredibly close and supportive of each other. I'm sure Ben has known about this for a while and I'm sure would have been yeah. consulted. But, um it's, I don't know if Ben, I, I'm, I'm sure Ben just hopes there's a, you know, time, time's right to come and support him. But if there's an opportunity to go down and watch a live show, I'm I'm down to go and watch Tony strut his stuff. Absolutely. Mm. Are, you, are you going if there's an opportunity to go and see it live? Um, it I mean, this it... stuff's not exciting for you, right? Unless it's an Amazon invite to the box at asked or you don't really <laughs> go anymore.
0: Well, they to TV recordings, no. But I mean,
2: bear in mind, I would. All I would say is, strictly, famously, takes about seven hours to record. I mean, I'm no, not I thought exactly. you were going to say, famously, ends up with people leaving their partners for <laughs> the new dance partner. Well, and that as well, and that as well. Yeah, the strictly factor. Yeah, yeah. let's hope that doesn't affect uh, Tony.
0: Anyway, enough of this nonsense. I, I, I am going to talk about um, all or nothing. Talk about more t- TV reviews because I've seen um, episodes four, five, and six, which will have dropped, by the time this podcast goes out, I'm sure on Thursday, we hope on Thursday, that um, that people will have, four, five, and six arrive on Thursday. And they are, all I'm going to say is, no spoilers, they are quite spectacular, I'm saying. In particular, for one particular reason, Aubameyang, basically. The Aubameyang story gets a full... I think an astonishingly full account ongoing through 4, 5 and 6. Um, absolutely amazing how they cover that event, I think. Um, but I'll go into, into that more because we should really talk about the first performance of the season. Um, did you get the prediction right, by the way? I think I I, I guess 1-0 to Arsenal. So when the second goal in, I was slightly annoyed that my prediction didn't come true. Which I know is very selfish. I know it's mad. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm only semi-joking. But I think you got it right, didn't you, Josh? Well done. <laughs> I think so. Thank you. Yeah, I was uh I, I really enjoyed everything about Friday night. You were there? I went, you snubbed my invite, sadly, yeah. decided yeah. you'd rather watch it on TV or something, which is which is fine. But we we all went, friends of this podcast, Ollie, Ricky, and, and various others, you know, we had a brilliant time. And you know, great weather. And Dean and I were just talking before we started. That first 20-25 minutes was as good an opening 25 minutes to excite you about an Arsenal season and get you feeling a million miles away from how we all felt after the opening game um, last season. You know, we weren't totally convincing. We were probably fortunate not to concede a goal on the night. But it, it was great and there was wonderful unity, I thought, from, from the Arsenal fans. To have um three debutants as well making their Premier League debut for Arsenal is an unusually high number to have in in one fixture. Obviously, Saliba's been at the club for a while, but in Zinchenko and and Jesus, you immediately go, Well, hang on. We're, you know, these are players that are gonna not just improve the squad, of which is ever more important due to the five subs, but in, gonna in, improve our starting eleven. Like right now, you're not over-exaggerating to look back on opening game and go, right, if everyone's fit, all three of them are gonna start. And that you know, to go from one season to the next and have three brand new people who walk into your starting 11 is very exciting. So I had a wonderful time. Did you watch it on telly, boy? You were just watching it on telly.
0: Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was, it, the first half was, actually, the first, as you say, 20, 25 minutes was astonishing. I mean, most of the first half was brilliant. Um, Jesus, Jesus, as soon as, you yeah, as soon as he got the ball, you know, every time he got the ball, went on amazing Maisie runs and, you know, created chances had chances for himself. It was fantastic, wasn't it, Dean? And my question I have a little question about Saliba. I mean, Saliba has dominated, I think, everyone's reports and online discussions and podcast discussions and, and actual Match of the Day. Ian Wright picked him out to talk about Match of the Day, etc. Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher was absolutely in, in awe of him, um, of course, his central defender. My question is Does this totally vindicate? the club slash Arteta's decision to send him out on loan for the last few seasons? Or, actually, do we do you not think if we'd have had him playing for us available last season, for example, he might have helped out a lot and we might have not conceded quite so many goals and made as many stupid mistakes as we did in some crucial games?
1: Great question. Uh, and unfortunately, we'll never know. Um, I think that's the... That's the answer. He could have improved us last season when we, you know, were about a right back and Ben White could have slotted in more frequently. Um eventually. But in the same breath, maybe he wasn't mature enough. And I know it's three years on loan is quite a long time, to be honest. And it's very unusual. And there's been such a hype around Saliba. You know, you've got the Saliba Ultras who are, I don't know, bigger fans of him than than the team, it seems sometimes. So there was a lot of pressure on him coming into the side, and I thought. Yeah, like I said, I've I've seen the highlights and I've watched the first twenty five minutes and I've seen some clips of him and he just looks extremely dominant um, for a centre back and you know whilst Gabriel has that kind of domination about him the way he attacks the ball I think Saliba does it more in a in more of a calm manner more of a Van Dyke manner when he intercepts the ball he doesn't look as frantic so yeah very impressed by him very optimistic about our defence in general to be honest so yeah very happy with his debut.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. He he exudes kind of calm, um,
1: which is which is very rare for an Arsenal calm dominance, you know, a bit like a yeah. Dyke, as opposed yeah. to like a, a frantic domination where yeah. you feel like there's a mistake coming.
0: Right. Carragher compared him to Rio Ferdinand. I know, I mean, you know, but Rio Ferdinand, whatever you think of him, you know, I'm not, not a huge fan of his punditry, for example, on BT Sport. But as a central defender at his height, he was... He was a pretty, kind of, he was a very calm, imposing figure. Um, yeah. And he is very tall, isn't he, Saliba? And he, he just has a, his facial expression. Like he has a very serious, but kind of like calm, do you know, just the whole, he just exudes confidence. Um, and I think that is really powerful because I actually think looking at it, I mean, Gabriel's game was okay. Ben White, some, some people thought Ben White had a bad game. I think he had a bit of a, Torrid time. He was very busy. He was kept very busy, that's for sure. But I think he, he didn't. And there was nothing calamitous about about his performance. I didn't think. But I do think Saliba now feels like first choice at the centre at the centre back. Don't you, Josh? I mean, you can't you can't drop him. How can you drop him?
2: Yeah, I think it's to be fascinating who does become the pairing because a performance like that, he's undroppable. But it might be interesting. You know, if, if Ben White is certainly at times preferred to a Tommy Yasu or uh, or Cedric at right back, I think even if a fully fit Tommy Yasu, it, it might be that you know on occasions you know Ben White is is set to be there. Obviously, it gives us the option um, to, to play three centre backs and feel very confident about all three of them at the moment. But look, I guess we should be pleased that we've got you know we've got we've got these you know options now to have Zinchenko come in and Saliba. Feel like there's a bit of strength of depth in there because and let's not forget, you know, we turned to Rob Holding a, a number of times last year. So you've actually got, you know, another centre back option there now. You know, in right backs, you technically say you've got three options now left back, there's clearly two, and you say that's an improved two, you know, with Tavares gone and. Zinchenko in so yeah there's huge strength in depth but yeah I, he was man of the match I thought by a distance and I think the Rio Ferdinand comparison is interesting for just looking so sort of calm and assured and, and talented and you know it was interesting I was on the way home Boyd. I was desperately thinking that there it feels like there is a, a song in you know in his name um to the tune of like the monkeys. I'm a believer, you know, like Willie Saliba. I'm a believer. And then I've seen someone has, has done this. Have you seen this on, on social media that no. I think it's spreading? I think this is going to be a, going to be a tune boy. I, I, I suggest... I've heard the,
0: I've heard the
2: Zinchenko um, song to the tune. Well, style, now ballet. Ironically, the last time I went to Selhurst park, I took Roman Kemp and, and Martin Kemp to the game. And wow. I was thinking it was a terrible shame that, you know, back in April when I was with them, that, you know, Zinchenko wasn't with us there. But yeah. I've just sent you the, the words here. You know, when I saw his pace, it's Willie Saliba, not a trace. I doubt it's out. It's time. I'm in love. You better believe us. It's Willy, it's Willy Saliba. He is sublime. I feel this is going to be an away tune for Willy Saliba. Yeah, That's I like good. it. So I think he is going to be, you know, incredibly popular and important part of this season as Arsenal secure their top four spot that, yeah. you know, you weren't quite so sure about, boy.
0: Uh, I'm still not so quite sure. I'm still, I mean, how can you be sure? About it? You'd have to be mad. Wouldn't you deem to be, I'm just while well, well, Josh has brought it up, to assume that we're going to... The problem, for, the interesting thing for me, just to sum up my views on this before I come to you, is I could not be more excited about this team. I think that, you know, I I think we've got the strongest, certainly the strongest first team for years and years and years. I think... Arteta is getting better and better as he goes on with his man management, et cetera. We talk, talk, again, we'll talk a bit about that, about the all or nothing, But all or nothing reveals about him, which is fascinating. Um, I'm very excited. But it just so happens right now that we're up against City and Liverpool, a resurgent, I have to say it, I hate to say it, but Tottenham, I mean, Tottenham, who are pretty much every pundit's choice to finish third or fourth ahead of us. And they're just, you know, we had good purchases in the summer. They've had even more, I would I would. Hes- I would I would suggest good purchases in the summer. Um, it's just gonna be hard. Chelsea, who knows? Chelsea, you know, fuck knows. Man, you thank God. Look, as shit as ever, but who knows again. So it's just gonna be hard. However, good, however much we've improved we we might improve this season on last, it will almost inevitably when it comes down to you know, a sending off another Xhaka. We've still got Shaka, uh, you know, or whatever, he's still capable of being sent off two or three times in the season. Do you know what I mean all those factors add up to the fact you cannot be sure, can you, that we'll come in the top four?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You, you've nailed it there. The competition is just so strong in the Premier League these days. I remember going back, you know, 10, 15 years, you always felt like there was the top four and the rest. Whereas now it's very much the top kind of six and sometimes seven. You know, if Leicester were the team, they were a few years back. So it's, yeah, it's very tough to get in into the top four and uh, surrounded by good teams, all who have invested a lot of money this summer as well. So Yeah. I think it's going to be tough, but I do think out of all of the teams in pre-season, I think more than anything, we look fittest, we Mm. look strongest. I think we've got a clear identity, you know. um, Some would say a cross between Liverpool and Man City, but maybe that's being a bit too optimistic. Uh, But, you know, I think we've got a good chance. I think Tottenham have started well, obviously, and, and they look strong. They made good signings. But I think that's, you know, a car crash waiting to happen, I think. If something goes seriously wrong there, you know, a third into the season, I can see Conte walking away from that job uh, at some point. So let's see how that develops. But I think we just got to focus on ourselves. We've got a really nice run of fixtures up until Man United away. What we didn't have last season was a good start. We need a good start this season. We've got Leicester, Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa, and then United away. And if they're in the same form that they are at the moment, that's still an opportunity to get three points. So if we start really well, get some momentum. And I think that puts us into a good position and a much stronger position than we were last year.
0: And do you think, you've got your finger on the nub, you've got your ear to the ground, it's other cliches, um, Dean, but do you think we're going to make any more signings? Like Tielemans, is that still
1: possible, do you think? Yeah. I, I saw this. Yeah. Maybe. I've, got, I've got a feeling that with Tielemans, it's going to be a bit like the Partey saga a few years back where we kind of knew we were interested for all summer but nothing was happening and then bang, towards the end of the window it just happened. I feel like Arsenal are just waiting to get the best deal possible from them and feel like they can get through August without his services, so to speak. Um, but we'll probably pull the trigger on that. And then I do think there may be uh, someone we don't expect, not necessarily in the news yet, um, before the end of the window, um, from a forwards point of view. Because I did look at our bench against Palace, and I know we had Vieira out, and I know we had Smithrow out. It felt a little bit short in terms of goal threat. it. Off oh, definitely. Depth. Yeah, I think we need to address that point. But yeah, central midfield, we definitely need to bring someone in. It would be ideal to have Kielemans, I think, Premier league experience. He's lost a bit of weight over the summer. He looks like he wants a new challenge, which I think would suit us. And then maybe, yeah, a surprising attacking winger who can, you know, get a goal or two.
0: Yeah. Uh, Josh, a couple of more things we should mention about the game. What did you think about, I mean, a couple of, I would say, after that brilliant first half, we tailed off a bit in the second half. Um, and I wasn't sure that Odegaard had his best game. I mean, put, put it this way, Dan Baldwin on our, I've mentioned many times on our WhatsApp group, our still fat WhatsApp group, has is, is, is is always been a, an Odegaard skeptic. I do slightly think it, his criticisms of him were very much in evidence in that first game. Like he kind of flattered to deceive, she use that horrendous phrase. Um, he should have shot a couple of times and he dithered about it and he doesn't score enough goals to see for it to be in that position or, 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 create enough. I don't know. I just, I felt I was slightly worried and what's what I think uh, I'm a bit concerned about is that cause he's captain now, I feel that Arteta feels he has to play him every game, certainly every premier league game and um, not substitute him. I mean, eventually I think substitute him eventually in that game, didn't they On, 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 on Monday, on Friday. And I wonder, if, for someone like Emil Smith-Rowe, I actually prefer Emil Smith-Rowe, I have to say, in that number 10 position, <laughs> to our captain. And I wonder whether, you know, Arteta's now going to have Emil Smith-Rowe as a kind of backup option. I know he's not fit at the moment, but even when he is fit. And that Odegaard is going to be there all the time. And I'm not 100% convinced yet that he is as brilliant he's going to supply enough goals as we need him to. Am I mad?
2: I think it's a little bit uh, critical, mm-hmm. if, if I'm honest. I, I, mm-hmm. I think... I, I didn't notice. I didn't I didn't come away from Selhurst thinking Odegaard's oh, had a poor game. I thought he was somewhere, you know, middle-ish of, of what could be uh, expected. I'm not worried. I think he is going to play the majority of games. I think that is evident from the fact that, you know, he has been made captain. Um, and I think there's a lot of excitement around him. And I think he seems to be an incredibly popular figure in the squad. Um I don't know. I mean, he he, he only got sub, subbed off right with injury time. Right, sadly, conga yeah. L- yeah. came on. There was definitely, you know, a moment where he, you know, had been uh, putting in an amazing goal scoring opportunity, and you know, dithered and you know, d- didn't get his, his shot away. But I, I I do think Odegaard is a you know a, a player who will deserve his place in the in the starting lineup, and Smith Rowe. I think is we're going to see predominantly off, off the bench for the foreseeable in, in the Premier League. I think that's the, the reality, unless there are injuries. Um, but we look back to points last season where he almost felt like the super sub, like he had this brilliant run of games where he made an impact. And that was in the time where there were three substitutes coming on. Now that there's five, I can foresee that when he is fit, he's kind of the first sub you know, that you go to um because of the yeah. options that, that he will give you. But I don't know. He I I haven't looked at the betting. I, I I guess he's a real outside bet, right, for the England squad, but he must have some aspirations. But he's gonna need quite a serious amount of game time between now and November to to give himself a chance, even though I did see the, the squads are all confirmed as 26 players now, aren't they, rather than the usual sort of 23. Yeah. So he's got a slightly, you know, there's probably one more sort of midfield attacking slot um, that wasn't there until, you know, having 26 players. But no, I'm uh, I'm going to defend Odegaard. Sorry to Dan Baldwin. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's judging him after one game, but yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be a bit sad if him Mils smith doesn't make, A, make the England squad. I think, I think, I just think he he completely turned around our fortunes, you know, 18 months ago. Go
2: on. No, I did also just want to add, I think there was a bit of criticism at Ben White, and there were definitely moments yeah. where he gave the ball away yeah. easily, but, I, you know, within the context of not his preferred position and playing against... You know, Zaha, who can make the best fullbacks in the Premier League, uh, look pretty average. I, I think he, you know, I think he actually, um, you know, did more than respectively. And uh, I suspect that might be why we sort of see him more than more than you might suspect, even when Tommy Yasu uh, is back. Um, but yeah, there have been a lot of critics aimed yeah. at Ben White and well, the uh, price point.
0: Well, Dean, they launched they launched and their basic tactic was, and who can blame them? I mean, they they launched a huge number of balls to Zaha, to Zaha, extraordinarily accurate, often brilliant balls for, like for out from defense, straight to him, which, which which would which would cause any defender, I think. You know, how do you deal with that? And it kind of kept happening, but Ben White and Co. They kind of were dealing with it. Um, I mean, they did have chances, I would say, and if they if they They could have scored a couple of chances. And at one point, of course, Ramsdale gave the ball away in in one of our, one of his mad moments that they could have easily scored from. So we were slightly, we rode our luck a bit, I think, defensively.
1: Yeah, I think you need to. When you've got Palace, you've got tricky forwards at home. I think they're always good for a chance or two. Um, ben White's not right back, but he played well. I think he got into a couple of the team of the weeks. He had the most successful challenges out of any defender in the Premier League over the weekend. I think that was so you have to give him credit. I think there's a bit of a, I don't know, a rivalry being created between Saliba and White in terms of right who needs to be Arsenal's number one centre-back partner for, for Gabriel. And I think that's adding to that criticism a little bit, which is fully unfounded. I think he had a really... Strong first season, you know, off the back of a £50 million signing, which is going to put a pressure on anyone. So, yeah, you know, I'm a fan of Ben White. I think, as Josh said, he will get quite a bit of game time at centre-back and right-back. And I just, just want to quickly go back to your point on Odegaard. Yeah. I think he's brilliant. He's superb, super silky. I think he's a great fit for our team culturally and as a player. But I do think he needs to kick on this season and get more goals. So if you're going to play in that attacking position where we've only got one striker, your number 10 needs to be contributing 10 or 15 goals in a season. So what I want to see him do more this season is I want to see him take the shooting option. I know he likes to make assists and I know he likes to find that like cheeky reverse pass every now and then. Um, And I think there might have been an instance in the game in Friday where that happened. So, so yeah, I, I do think he needs to kick on big fan of his. So I think it's like criticism because you know he's got it in him and he's such an amazing talent. So I think we all just want a little bit more from him this year. And I think anywhere near double figures in terms of goals would be great.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, a completely anti him. So I'm not, I, I, you know, I, I, but I kind of, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of. I still need to be convinced fully. I think I think you're absolutely right, Josh. Do you think we need to strengthen? We still need to strengthen the squad, and do you think we will? And I hear a lot of people talking about that our, our, our own priorities are a wide player um, because we tried to sign Rafinha, didn't we? Um, and obviously he's, he went to Barcelona. So you think well, they must be interested in that kind of player. Um, and central midfield. Central midfield strikes me as by far our main main priority. To me, um, I, I still feel like you know if one of those players, I mean, party always ends up not being available for half a season. And if that happens again, then I think we're in slight trouble. And and I do think forward-wise, yeah, we're still, you know, I think we're still a bit light to me. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, Edu came out, didn't he, and spoke about uh, Rafinha, didn't he? Wrote publicly, you know, effectively ended up saying... Deco, I think, it's the, the agent, yeah. former yeah. midfielder, very openly said, hand on heart, this player wants to go to Barcelona, and I accepted that, and we move on. But that is accepting that you are trying to buy quite a highly priced player yeah. in that area of the pitch. So it, it is really interesting. Um, and, it, and it tells you that they're obviously not quite totally happy with what they've got. Now, you wonder if he had come in, was there an option for Pepe to leave the club? And maybe it's just not at the value that Arsenal have now decided that it's worth it. But if there is someone else to come in, maybe they look at that again, because you've seen with Arsenal, obviously with Bernd Leno going for a very small fee, that they're just taking a view. Yeah, Torreira's gone. Torreira, you know, know, they're getting players out. I mean, Bellerin, this seems to be some kind of deadlock, according to some of the news reports today about why he's not quite left. But it, it, it tells me that um, they're not prepared to get rid of Pepe or presumably someone in that area of the pitch until there's you know someone's come in and it might well be that there just isn't the right target now and, and maybe that's more reassuring to you know if we can't find the right player at the right price then we then we don't except, except a, a lot sorry, to about sorry to
0: interrupt except that was what they said in the last transfer window when we didn't strengthen and we and the team was weakened and it was did turn out to be a mistake. It, it was actually mistake.
2: Well, yes, but that was when there was a clear, you know, you knew as soon as Ober was gone. The, the we were going to be light. We were relying yeah. on Lacazette and, and well, Ghetit to see us home. So it a bit it feels a bit different this time. I mean th- there is a bit of excitement um maybe about, you know, Marquinhos, obviously 19 19- he's only played um, you know, they had the the youngsters had a game against Manchester United and he was particularly impressive according to all reports and you know, only seeing a few minutes of highlights. There were sort of glimmers there, which made you think, well, you know, his his first team involvement certainly in terms of Europa League looks more likely. Um, and maybe there's sort of another option in sort of that area of the pitch, and uh, maybe his progress will be more accelerated than than might have first been thought, which you know has happened before in terms of youngsters coming in. But I don't know. I I, I sense with we, we, we are maximum one player. I think coming in, it doesn't feel like there's huge amounts to do. But great to be in that position rather than you know Man United now being linked with you know new players every day and on on and and all sorts of players sort of being linked in the second week of the season. It feels like. To give Eru and you know Mikel and the club credit, they you know we felt as well prepared for any season as we have in years this season, and hopefully we we see that on the on the pitch.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, Manu feels like Dean, doesn't it? It feels like how we were like four, three or
1: four years ago when we were like scrabbling around for any old. Yeah, it twice. doesn't seem like there's much of a plan there. Uh, I think the Rafina um, situation was more of an opportunity as opposed to a strategy. It was like, all right, this player has become available top class, Premier League experience, relatively decent fee for the quality of player that you're getting. Let's see if we can get him. And I think that's what that was more than anything. But it does indicate that, you know, maybe in the midterm, we do want someone in that position. And I I like the fact that we've had a clear plan over the last two transfer windows of what type of player we want, what type of profile. You know, we've brought the average age of the squad down. We should get three, four years out of all of these players and they'll still have a decent resale value. So actually, in terms of the way the club will be run, you know, hopefully moving towards more that Liverpool model, where they bring players in, they get good value from them on the pitch, they get good value from them in terms of transfer free fees. That then facilitates future growth. And if you look at Liverpool's recruitment, that needs to be the blueprint. They've got the next, you know, Sadio Mane before he's left. You know, and that's exactly yeah. how we need to operate. And the only way they can do that is by funding that through good player sales. So I think. The recruitment's been good. We've got a clear plan of what we want to do. I actually think we'll get two players in before the window ends. I think we'll see more players go out. Wow.
2: Um,
1: yeah, I think there's an opportunity this season for us to really cement ourselves in the top four. And look, you know, I am a bit of a dreamer, but if we can get one or two players in, you know, of the calibre that we really need, Man City, I feel like they've got their eye on the Champions League big time. That's what they want to get. You know, Liverpool, they've lost Mane. You know, they had a really poor start to the season. Let's see how they fare you know, I think there's an opportunity for us to maybe disrupt a little bit. Maybe not win the league, but, you know... Well, Steady.
0: Uh, Steady, Dean. Steady. <laughs> well,
1: why okay. not? You've got a dream, right? You've got a dream.
0: You've but got I think- to, yeah, but I, I, where I do agree with you, I feel like it's a real opportunity to to get one or two, those one or two more players, because I think this that could be that's the difference between having... A a decent squad, I think we've got at the moment, and a a strong squad. Two more players, yeah, I agree with you, is what we need. Right, Um, that's enough for the first half. Um, We'll talk more about, probably about, I think, all or nothing in any other business. And predictions, of course. The one thing that makes this podcast different to the 27 other Arsenal podcasts. See you after the break. And we're back from the break um so i've seen you, have you seen the first three episodes now josh of all or nothing
2: yeah i have Is yeah. this a bit where you're contractually obliged to mention amazon and your deal with them as
0: i confirmed last week i've not got any deal with amazon they're not paying me ne- sadly i mean i'd love it if they were i'm available amazon prime video prime video as they like to be known um
2: for any uh any who, services. who did they have host that um event the other week? It apparently. was hosted by that's a very good question. Oh Josh Denzel. It yes. was Josh Denzel. They went with uh Love Josh Island Denzel, who's very popular with the uh the young'uns, uh, Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, Josh is an
0: ex Love Island chap. Big who- Big, good, well, that, We should that, get him on. Let's invite him on, boys. Get, I'm happy to get him on, yeah. Okay. Um, but he was good. He did a pretty good job, I have to say. Um, obviously, I was bitter, bitter that I wasn't invited to do it. Um, he's great.
2: Oh, he's very good. Yeah, does he does a lot was, with the was, FA. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, he does, yeah. He knows his football, yeah. He's not just a Love Island um, pretty face. Uh, but yeah, he hosted the whole thing and did a good job. But um, Dean, have you, how much of it have you seen, if any? Because, I mean, were you watching it whilst you were feet
1: up at Yosemite? I uh, watched it on the plane home. Oh yeah, you said yeah. Seen all three episodes and yeah, very impressed. Obviously, you've got to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt because ultimately it's drama and they want to show us, you know, what the fans want to see and they want to create that drama a little bit. But I thought it was a really good insight overall, and yeah, I quite enjoyed it.
0: Well, in you have got three to come in because I cause I think one, two, and three were, were good, were strong. But four, five, and six are genuinely, I think, quite spectacular, particularly in the way. So I think, you know, everyone, I think everyone was assuming that they'd kind of try and, you know, draw a veil over the Aubameyang story as much as possible. In fact, it completely forms the spine of the middle section of the series. Episodes 4, five, six, four um, you've got the whole story of how um, Arteta just gets, compl- how he goes away to France, comes back um, and is late for training and Arteta talks about, and you see every, I mean, it's, it's basically seen from from the Arsenal Arteta side, of course, but you do see moments like there's one bit, I mean, it's slight like, spoiler alert, but people will see it by the time this comes out. You see Aubameyang driving out of the training ground and he's talking, I assume, to Laka, but you don't see him because the cameras have to... Have to be quite sprightly in this section. Like they really capture key moments and they must have been because they, you can, it's clear that they're not just kind of, you know, getting anyone to reenact moments as often happens in documentaries. So like, alber's leaving the dress again. And in French, someone is shouting at him, you know, what's happening? Where, where are you going to go? And he's like, I'm having to train on my own. I have to train on my own. He talks about the punishment and he says, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and they're talking about the whole thing. And then you see Arteta. With, his, with the gang, you know, the kind of hierarchy of us, he's talking about how he's got a dossier of a kind of evidence against Obama all the times he's had disciplinary issues, all the times juni has been late to training or whatever. And he's, he's, he literally says, I've got it all written down in the file. And you even see, like, you see the meetings in which they, in which Edu and Vinai talk to the kind of their legal people, about the legal situation in in dropping him and forcing him to train on his own, you get you you get insights into them trying to sell him. You get insights from the other teammates. At one point, El says the boss has balls when he's talking about you know how um, Arteta's dealing with the whole situation. It's fascinating. It, I, I I am genuinely amazed that they go into it in that much detail. But do you? And but what what's interesting is I'm, I'm not sure after all of the. Kind of footage you see of the whole situation, and you see how stubborn. I think that's a fair word to use. Arteta is in terms of dealing with Aubameyang, but I I, I still feel amb- ambivalent about the whole thing. I'm still not sure whether Arteta should have found a way to resolve that situation so that it, we didn't end up with a weaker team than we did and end up not scoring any goals. And again, the documentary touches on all of that. It makes it quite clear that we stopped scoring. Meanwhile, Alba's off, you know, to Barcelona. and and, and immediately scoring or whether Arteta was absolutely right, because he does, you do feel that he genuine and he he even is addressed at one point that people, sort of journalists ask him in a press conference, are you doing this, you know, to show your power? And he actually, and Arteta actually very interestingly kind of like takes a minute to think about that. And it kind of goes, well, no, I, I can see, you can see why people might think that, but he's just like, when it comes down to it, he really has to establish clear rules and, in the end, you think, fair enough. So I came up with thinking, last last season, I think on this podcast, I said, I felt like he should have found a way to resolve it better. But after having watched it all play out in this documentary, I now feel more on his side in the whole situation, feel like actually, I think it was a real statement. And maybe in the long run, it made sense. I know you guys haven't seen it yet, but what did you think? Uh, remind me, Dean, what you thought anyway. Oh, sorry, Josh. Josh, what were you going to say?
2: No, I, I, I was saying, I think we touched upon it last week that I feel the crux of this all or nothing is how does Mikel Arteta come across? Does he come across well and that he has the players' respect and um, he looks like a, a, a man who can really take this club forward because there were some critics talking about the moments where he starts playing. You'll never walk alone at the training ground. That was ridiculous. And (laughs) critics about the way that he did that team talk. And he refers back to his own sort of heart problems that he had um, as a child. And I think it was always going to be the bit I was most interested was How does he come across in this Arteta? And my instinct was he was going to come across better than we might think from it. And it's interesting to hear from you as the Amazon spokesman that that is (laughs) the case, that he he does come across better. And what was interesting watching in episode three was the moment where Oba, I don't know if you remember, there was a team talk. I'm trying to remember who it was against, but Arteta encourages them all to rub their hands together. Yeah. Um, And I think after the game, it's like, is Oba taking the piss or is he... Yes, he definitely, and he is, is. kind of taking the piss um, a in a level where like Arteta goes with it, presumably in the joy of a, a victory. But you're watching it going up. Was well, interesting mm. him doing that, knowing knowing what's coming. That he's kind of taking the piss out of his pre match, you know, um, m- mental uh, suggestion of imagining the sort of success you're about to have on the pitch by closing your eyes and, and rubbing your hands together. So. Yeah, I think uh, that's what everyone, forget you're being an Arsenal fan. Every single person tuning into the documentary is intrigued how the Aubameyang situation played out behind closed doors because lots of things go on at top football clubs. But the possibly best player at the football club, captain of the football club, being removed is incredibly unusual situation. So, yeah, I assume it's out at midnight in five hours' time. I'm not sure I'm going to quite stay up, but I will be watching it as uh, as soon as possible. What did you make of it, Dean?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed the first three episodes, loved the second episode and and Jude's team talk before the Tottenham game. In terms of the over-situation and, and what's to come, what I will say, and obviously, you know, ear to the ground, you know, what do you hear? I think there's something that happened that's not is obviously not going to be disclosed in the Amazon industry. There's an escalation that we don't see, basically. And I think based on what I've heard and what I know it is, Arteta had no option but to remove him from the football club and remove him from the team. So I think, yeah, like I said, got to take you with a pinch of salt because it's not the full story. But I think it's an interesting insight into how these things get dealt with. Because this happens at football clubs all, all the time. You know, you've got very emotional characters, a lot of testosterone in changing rooms and, you know, things spill over from time to time. But I think Mikel has come across very well. You know, I'm a big supporter of his. I think he's taken our club in the right direction. And I think so far, based on what I've seen, I think it's reflecting well.
0: You make a very good point, Dean, yes, because there is clearly, if you watch it closely, there's one line, I wrote it down in my notes, um, when he's talking to, when when, uh, when, Arteta is talking to, um, his uh, PR team and Tim Lewis and Edou Ed, interestingly Tim Lewis and Edu and Vinay are all in the you know in the hierarchy at Arsenal they all make it quite clear they found it really they all say it is difficult to deal with this position that Arteta's taken and they kind of don't really back him 100% they kind of do you know what I mean I, I, I don't want to say they, they they clearly make they make it clear that it, this is a real tough one for them to deal with the extent to which Arteta ostracises and, and basically will not speak to um, uh, uh, Aubameyang. At the one point he says, when he's talking about this dossier, he says he's been late, apart from all the issues, many times. And it's the apart from all the issues. You're know, like, oh, what, is this? what are these mysterious issues? So the lateness is, is, you're right, only one factor. And, yeah, there's definitely something else. There's other stuff going on. Who knows? People speculate. But it's fascinating um, to see to see those conversations, um, and to see the play the players talking about it, you see the players chatting about it in the um, canteen, and you know it, it, it's really fascinating um, to see to see it all play out. It really is. Um, I want to mention another couple of really interesting things I thought from the from the from the series. There's a whole epi- each episode, as well as telling kind of telling the stories as it goes along. Each episode focuses on one player as well, as has a little focus, and in these episodes, there's a Jaka episode. In which you know he gets sent off, um, in you know, and he kind of you see him entering the dressing room, and you do kind of feel for him a bit, but he's also very bullish. And it, there's a there's a brilliant bit where I think Saka is taking the piss out of him for um, getting sent off and for not dealing with you know a, a player in a defensive position. And and uh, as you kind of would expect, but it's amazing to see it. Saka kind of fights back and refuses to accept kind of any. Responsibility for it, which I think people will look at it and go, Oh, come on, you know, you really need, you have been set off however many five or six times or whatever when you play for Arsenal. You really need to start, you know, doing, being more intelligent about those moments. So that was fascinating. And there's a whole Ben White bit. And Ben White is absolutely, I mentioned this last thing that Ben White talks about how he isn't that interested in football. And then he, more of an explanation is his, his pe- family isn't either. He, he says at one point his dad hates football and his family never goes to see him play. It's quite fascinating. Those little moments are like, oh, okay. And they and and the the fellow players and the um trainers love Ben White. They talk about they all talk about how Ben White's training is out of this world. The two players they talk about in terms of how hard they work in training um, are definitely Ben White. And I think they say the same about um Emil Smith Rowe as well. They're both like just completely um. Obsessed with it. And at one point Arteta, one of his, Arteta loses his voice after, after every defeat and starts screaming and yelling at them. And it is, it is fascinating to see him lose it. And at one point he talks about how in training four or five of them need to step their ideas. He doesn't name them, but he's like four or five players just aren't taking it seriously and need to step up. All of that kind of stuff. Endlessly fascinating. Josh.
2: Well, I wonder how many people have just fast-forwarded the last five, ten minutes of this podcast who we are <laughs> looking forward to watching the episodes, and now they're going to watch them and feel like they've already seen the whole thing and just be like, well, I wonder if episode seven's any good because I don't know what's left for the last two episodes. So, no, that's great, Boyd. I um, appreciate it. No, Granny Jacker did give an interview, didn't he? I don't know if you've seen this. There was a, a piece on the BBC uh, yesterday, I think it was, and he, w- he was talking... Um, very sincerely about how he was—he was gone from Arsenal, and and then suddenly Mikel Arteta came in and as a new manager and persuaded him um, to stay, and they agreed that they would have this six-month period of, of testing it under Arteta, and you know Mikel Mikel won effectively in persuading him to to stay, and uh, I think if you uh, give an overview of Jack's of last couple of years, you probably. Be in the majority of thinking that was a good thing that he that he did stick and he's you know remains a a starter even with the new signings coming into the into the club. Um, Ben Ben White is an interesting one, isn't it? That you know he's, he's spoken uh, or Benjamin White as he insisted in on one of the uh, interviews last year. What did they call him in the episodes? Was it Benjamin? Um, or Um,
0: ben? no, I think it's Ben. I'm pretty Benny. sure it's Ben. Yeah, Ben.
2: Right, I I think just it's Ben. Ben-o. Um, it's all quite refreshing in a way, isn't it? Yeah, it's a job. It, 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 and it is a job It's a, an incredibly well paid job and amazing if you come from a football family and Ramsdale's dad is yeah. your dad who wears a fez and comes <laughs> to the games and doesn't miss a moment of your of your career but maybe there's something more impressive about making it from an entirely non football family where your parents aren't into it and aren't desperate to take you and live vicariously through your experiences maybe there's something more uh impressive um about it. But um yeah. Yeah. I mean Jack- I'm I'm I am i am i have been white another one like Smith Rowe who will feel he's on the absolute edge of you know a few players who might sneak their way into a an England squad just oh, about, yeah, I'm sure, if they yeah. have a really good couple of months. So yeah Yeah that's true.
0: Yeah. Uh, other slight spoilers. Um Xhaka has a painting of himself in the in his house. You get to see inside Xhaka's house. Um, has, yeah, painted a, a kind of some kind of portrait painting of him and his wife and kids. And Brendan
1: um, Rogers has something to exactly. do his house.
0: <laughs> Brendan Rogers in that famous Channel 5 documentary where he ended up being the David Brent of football for, for a period. Yeah. I mean, there are times, I have to say, when Arteta is Brentish. You know, there's another brilliant... He does another team talk. I'm sorry I am spoiling everything. But all I'll say is he does another team talk. <laughs> Josh's face, I'm spoiling things. He does another team talk where he comes up with another quite contrived kind of analogy. It's the, All I'll say it's the Liverpool game. It's a game at Liverpool. And the team talk is funny. And, and I credit him with coming up with an imaginative thing theme, if you like, for the team talk. Because... It's difficult, but players have all heard, haven't they, managers, to One of the reasons why I think in the end it was so weird that Wenger held on as long as he did was just he thought, oh, man, they must be so bored with his spiel by now. And I can't imagine that Wenger kind of kept coming up with new and weird ways, you know, whiteboard pictures of brains and hearts and stuff like that. But I I feel like Arteta is really working hard to come up with um, refreshing ways of keeping the team entertained at the very least. But I won't spoil any anymore. You've made your point quite clear, Josh, But I'm ruining it for you particularly, I guess, that you haven't seen. Before, so it's predictions time, obviously. Um, we've got a Saturday three o'clock game. That's refreshing.
2: Well, yeah, it? there are only going to be so many of those, I guess, once yeah. we get into the swing of the Europa League, of which if we go all the way in the Europa League, I think it's 13 fixtures um, that, that we're going to have. So, yeah, there's going to be uh, an awful lot of thursday sundays hopefully if we if we do have success so we'll enjoy it. what have you got planned boyd for the saturday I three o'clock sh- a reunion of a new season you you there with Dermot Do? you know what
0: no you know i should, I mean all, all of all of showbiz is on holiday in all of august so um it's uh it's uh, i've got i mean if you uh, frankly if you want to come to club level um josh you should you should join me i think um i think jamie and our gang hopefully will join me but yeah no it's um it's time for some subs I think, you know, I only need two subs. But uh, yeah, if you, seriously, if you want to come. That's very Showing this out early. now,
2: live on the podcast. Well, I will come back to you uh, off air. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's incredibly yeah. kind. Um, yeah, I'm excited the, by the first game yeah, It's so great, great, great to be back. What's going to be new, Boyd? What's well, new, because there's been some development. Yeah, there? some renovation, I think,
0: of, of club level, because our bit of club level particularly was, has been quite kind of, you know, kind of falling apart a little bit, I would say. I'm wondering whether there's going to be some new exciting eating options so maybe a new veggie burger that's less of a slab of inedible stuff than it has been for the last few years um whether the ticketing the electronic ticketing works better i'm fascinated with they've sorted that up i think they have upgraded that technology i believe so i'm excited about that um and just to see, yeah, just to
2: see these, these players in, in, in are, real life. Are you going to be going digitally, Boyd, or do you carry your physical season ticket?
0: I think I'm going to carry my, I'm going to try the digital, I'm going to carry the physical, I think, just because I saw the, the, the mayhem that it caused, the carnage of last season. I don't want to be stuck in that crowd of thousands of people trying to get through the, the turnstile. So
2: um, I'll have it in reserve, yeah. Apparently a new screen. Did you, did you hear about this Oh, team? yeah. A, a new yeah. screen at the stadium. A, any news on that team? Yeah, I've
1: seen the I've seen the images. Um, I've actually switched off from football this summer, which has been quite nice. So I'm actually looking forward to getting back into it on Saturday. But I've seen the pictures of you know renovations around the stadium. It was getting a little dated, so probably overdue. And looking forward to a Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, 35 degree heat, water breaks apparently planned for the weekend as well. So yeah, getting the boys ready for Qatar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's
2: true. Yeah,
0: I'm glad it's going to be really hot, isn't it? That is thats is true, yeah. But I better remember to bring my uh, yeah.
2: baseball cap. Bring your country. for your, your free beer will taste even better at half time, boy. Oh, yeah. And one of like those Camden that. Hells will be good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, nice. What one. about this prime drink? Maybe you get a hold of one of these prime drinks, this, this KSI um, energy drink. Do, do you know about this, Boyd? Have you followed that story?
0: I'm vaguely aware of it, yeah. KSI does appear in all or
2: nothing, doesn't he? He's Yeah, he's another um, influencer Arsenal fan. Like you, yeah, yeah. he uh, he does appear, but th- this is quite a big deal, I think. We we touched upon it, I think, maybe uh, to attract the younger audience to to see this sort of drink uh, go in. I mean, you've got KS- KSE in business with K S I, effectively. That's what you've got, point, isn't it? Well, very good, well done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No one seemed to go with that, but I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Logan, Logan, Paul, and K S I, this this prime drink. I, I'm just intrigued. Are we going to see like loads of teens or young kids walking around with their prime bottles because it's KSI and they'll be, you know, interested. I guess that's why they've gone for it. Um, are they going to offer it as a free option in, in club level? That's what I'm intrigued to know. You can get your beer, hot well, drink, they should do. Yeah. wine, or prime. Maybe you get a prime, you yeah. get a prime if you
0: can. If you I get so. I mean, I'll try it out, but I mean, all, all beverages are free at half time on club level. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we pay our exorbitant price for them. Yeah, so you'd hope so, yeah. Um, very much we'll let you know next week we'll let you know next week um, enough of this frippery Dean what's going to happen and of course Leicester I believe they're still the only team in Europe that hasn't signed any players in this transfer window in Arsenal style from what was it three, four or five years ago when they had that famous now outfield players um, uh, transfer window and we, you know maybe we still get Tiedemans. they're quite it's quite an interesting period for Leicester isn't it so maybe a good yeah. time to play them or not I don't
1: know yeah, potentially, I don't know about Europe, but I think they're the only team in the Premier League who hasn't signed a player, which is crazy, but they definitely need to sell to buy. Um, I've got two predictions. So my first prediction is obviously for Saturday, which is three o'clock kickoff. Really looking forward to it. Seeing my mates, having a few beers. Pre-1 Arsenal, I'm going to say, I reckon we'll concede a goal. Um, Tielemans with a hat-trick of own goals. No, uh hope <laughs> that we'll get on the score sheet, which would be great. I think he needs to have a big season goal-wise. So that's my first prediction. My second prediction at the start of the season is the player to look out for. That is going to surprise all of us, and we're all going to be loving it once he gets into full flow, is Fabio Vieira. I think that's a real talent courted by many of the top clubs in Europe. So yeah, look out for him. I think he's going to be the surprise of the season. But he's injured at the moment, isn't he? Because he hasn't... He's he's back in in training now. Okay, So hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll see him in the squads. And I think initially Europa League will be his calling, but don't be surprised if he forces his way into the first team, you know, before the World Cup. So what was your prediction of the score? 3-1. 3-1. Excellent. Josh, what do you
2: think? I think a 2-0 victory for Arsenal. And hopefully, an airing of this uh, Willie Saliba song that will get me excited. If that, yeah, uh, certainly more likely, I guess, down in the, the lower tier, but hopefully, it reaches you in club level, boy. Yeah, hopefully, you'll be next to me in club level, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that'll be can, true. Then I can, well, uh, we've got the words here, I've just sent them to you, so we can, you two can start make sure. We level. Can. How about that?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got, he is sublime, is a good final, um, lyric on that Saliba song. Uh definitely. I like yeah. it all. Congrats yeah. to
2: whoever wrote it. I, it's uh, good. I I applaud it. But uh yeah, the Zinchenko song was uh was certainly being uh aired loud and proud in the in the away end. Um and who else is in new but Gabriel Jesus? What, what's he's gonna need a, a song as well. So uh yeah. Yeah. What was your prediction?
0: 2-0. 2-0, boyd. What are you saying? Second two-nil right Um I'm gonna go I think I might go three. Two, I think it might be a maverick three-two. I think Leicester might. Leicester have got some. Well, Vardy always causes problems isn't something for us. I mean, it's just tedious. Um, I think he's still. He, he he played in that first game, didn't he? So yeah, I think I think it'll be. I think it might be closer, but I think we're win. I'm going three-two. Very good. Thank you very much, Dean. As ever, AFC Camden. Indeed, indeed. On the Twitter, um, Josh. As ever. Um, we got recorded this eventually. I think we've got quite a special, exciting podcast next week, haven't we? we won't say why, but...
2: I think we can yeah. say. Oh, okay, let's say. I think we can say we, we've got a former Arsenal midfielder, Paul Davis, joining us next week. Uh, he has an autobiography out, um, I think also next week, next Wednesday. So he's going to join us and uh, and talk about his career, his book, and and obviously all things are still at the moment, which is very exciting. I think he did join you once Boyd, he about did. six years ago yes. for a podcast. I wasn't on it. I remember you did it with Ben and yeah. maybe Dan. or Dan. Schermen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was brilliant. He was brilliant. It, we, it actually had a, a quite a long, long in-depth hour, long chat with him. And he's one of, I have to say, he's one of my very favorite players of all time, Paul Davis. You know, that period, Paul Davis, David Broadcastle, Michael Thomas, you know, incredible players we had. And there was a real kind of connection I think between those players and a real connection with fans as well, so I'm really excited about having him back on the podcast. Definitely, yeah, very exciting. So that's Paul Davis next week, and um, we hope, unless something goes wrong between now and then, <laughs> but anyway, it it'll be fine. And thanks, Dean, and cheers, Josh. See you next week. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at PlaybackMedia.co.uk.
1: Sports social podcast network.